Hey, hey, friendos. Welcome to the Road to Nowhere, a Marvel Champions LCG podcast. We focus on recapping Solo Champions League, but if you enjoy breaking down the finer details of a Marvel Champions matchup, then we have something for you. I'm your host, Josaru, and with us this week are our guest hosts, Recovering Greg. Recovering Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. If I, if I don't get hit in a car in the next hour, then I'm, I'm with you for the whole time. <laughs> yes. And also with us are repurposed Gondo. Gondo, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. Out of curiosity, why am I repurposed? Well, I was looking for an R word for a person that likes protection. So, Ah, but there's a twist to that. I truly have repurposed for this round. Oh, yeah, that is also true. Because um, you didn't play protection. That's right. The irony is that so it's Patrick's Day over this this. Oh this, yes, this, and you avoided green, Gondo. You like just were such a gadfly, went against the grain. <laughs> Had and, to mix it up. And and when I was trying to put all the decks into their correct slots for performance, I even just put Gondo in protection without even noticing I had done it. <laughs> Pay no heed to the red cards within the deck. It's a that's protection right. deck, I swear. <laughs> that's that's right. Um. Gondo, tell me, what is your favorite uh, protection archetype that does not involve any web warriors? Um, I do like the uh, do 8,000 things after you have a perfect defense build. (laughs) Yeah, that one's pretty satisfying once it's going. Yeah, it's not a solo champions league deck because it takes an hour and a half to set up. Um, And then you actually get to play the game. Um, once once your defense actually do things, but I do find great satisfaction in doing that in normal solo games or multiplayer. You just get a perfect defense, and you thwart for three. You do three damage. You're ready. You draw a card. It's like, oh, that's a lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> do you do you pay any attention at all to your turn count when you're playing outside of solo Champions League? Not at all. Okay, I, I don't mean recorded or anything. I was just wondering, you know. W- what sort of turn counts you actually see when you're playing that sort of deck? Um, I guess I could contextualize it with acceleration tokens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, fi- the five of them that are on. No, it's usually um, no more than one. It is kind of it is like right. I, how I like to play just normally too when I'm not doing solo Champions League. I, I, I there's a lot of satisfaction of like building all these toys up and then having these like monster two turns that that kind of kill things off. Yeah, I'd, yeah say well, that... I'd say it's rare to have a second acceleration icon when I'm doing that kind of protection. It, it would have to be a villain that discards a lot on their own. Do you, on your own, do you play? Well, you play solo with your partner, though, right? I mean, you play you play Marvel Champions with your partner as well sometimes. Uh yes. Yeah. In addition but, to solo. Yeah, because I that's why I was I was mentioning. I think maybe it was the last episode. I the um. The Scheme League often had kind of a, in terms of getting a speed bonus, it was it was often 12 turns. Usually the matches are pretty hard, but it was, it was usually 12 turns. And I definitely found that even things like that kind of protection build and stuff like that, you were able to get yourself pretty set up and then kind of blow through everything in the last two turns. 
and um that was definitely kind of a very satisfying way way to play marvel champions i found yeah i think it's also because it's kind of unique and that you actually get to play a lot in the villain turn which is counter to what most games are so it's like a fun little unique thing to do right it's like barely a hero turn at that point because you already played all your cards uh well, except for the the build that Gondo's talking about, where all of a sudden you have a mid full of cards again. Oh, right, with all the, yeah. all, all the effects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And speaking of acceleration tokens, we're going to get there. Uh, the there was a new box announced. Yeah, and uh, and there's an ally, Deadpool, that uh, when he gets defeated by consequential damage, he heals three, and then you add an acceleration token. Right. Right. How fun's that? And and it's we we we've talked about this before, but acceleration tokens in the solo champions league are, don't really count against your score at all, as long as you're able to keep the threat under wraps. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of a no brainer for SEL when he finally comes out. And it's not trait locked. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be a pretty strong ally. And I think there's going to be some really cool builds that focus in on him. Um, I think for folks who haven't paid attention, he's a three-cost ally with three health, two thwart, two attack. Pretty spectacular. Right, so... You know, oh, you could give him that aggression ally upgrade I never use that increases the consequential damage. Oh, yeah. Well, and then it doesn't have to be defeated exactly either. So Yeah. Um, so that, that can work for sure. Yeah, you just farm acceleration tokens, set a new record. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Voltron build on him is going to be crazy. I think. Yeah, well, that, that's. I think that's great that there's. Um, I mean, I I don't know how much we need another other ba- amazing basic allies, but um, I think I think there's lots of fun potential there. Anyway, uh, other things in the box that jumped out at folks. I don't know if anybody was paid too much attention. I I, I love the idea of the. Uh, the good guy side schemes, you know, the player side schemes that that's yep. getting introduced and it's a big part of Cable's ability, but just as a, as a thing to introduce to the game, uh, I, I was seeing some videos online where they'd say that that sort of happened in the Lord of the Rings game too, roughly around kind of halfway through its, its cycle. So it, it, it feels like FFG is right. kind of playing some of their hits, but the idea to put out something that isn't detrimental, but if you're able to clear it actually gives you a, a huge perk. It It's kind of a, cousin to the fantasy modular set which had detrimental effects but if you cleared them you got you know you got perks kind of like going on quest while you were while you were fighting the rest of the uh the villains so yeah i'm really excited to see how we can play with that that mechanic yeah i was gonna say the same thing um and they're in each aspect too so each one's gonna have one and it'll be interesting to see where they can go with um different effects you can get based on your aspect and how hard they might be to achieve. It, it, yeah, I, it seems like they might be especially useful in, you know, kind of two-player level multiplayer where you have a justice player who can easily clear them. And so they're, you know, kind of kind of like upgrades that are just waiting to get triggered. Um, but you then have access to multiple aspects worth of them. Yeah, it'll be... Again, they may be too slow for solo Champions League, but it does, you know, justice is pretty powerful on itself and it gives justice even mm-hmm. more of a reason to exist. <laughs> yes, that's what justice needed. I mean, you do often find you have uh excess thwart with justice, so it's 
there, there's there's kind of some potential nice synergies in there, I think. And all the thwarts and protection target the main scheme, which isn't exa- entirely true, but it feels like it. So right, right, <laughs> we'll see right. how often the protection one gets used. <laughs> right. And then, um, yeah, I, I also quite liked the design of Domino, who has a bunch of effects that are discard a card and you know based on how many icons or even which specific icon the card is from your deck you get some effects but she has the ability to swap a card out of hand into the deck so she can make her own luck i think that that seems pretty like a pretty neat design yeah you definitely have to use your brain but i think it will be like a good like a you feel like you did something really smart sort of hero which i think will be good for a lot of people Right, we all we all we could all benefit from feeling like we're smart. Is and is, yeah. is Spider Woman's ability that she can kind of spy the top of the deck? Is is that any deck? Like I could see some fun shenanigans of if one player's ability is just to see what the card is, and Domino's is to swap right. it out. You know, I could see some some cool little synergies happening there. Well, yeah, it is any deck. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that again, not not for solo, but but for multiplayer, there could be some shenanigans going. That'd be great. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, and then you know, like lots of villains and all sorts of fun stuff. It seems like it's going to be good. the The big downside is it's way off in the future. It's not going to get released until August. Yeah, this is the yeah. biggest fallow period we've had since the games come out. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know about when COVID first hit. But beyond that, it's, it's what four or five months because what well, it's been about a, a month ish since uh, Rogue Gambit came out. Yeah, and honestly, it makes some of the decisions they made about the release cycle for Mutant Genesis a little weird. Where they released the pair of heroes alongside the box, and they put Mojo Mania in right. there, and like they could have, they could have created a couple additional two month buffers that actually made it feel feel like there was no break at all. Right. Yeah. Definitely the Mojo Mania. I feel like something must have happened. Yeah. Right. Well, it sounded, but also by the way they're talking about it, or at least people who've kind of been paying a bit of attention since uh, Tony joined the team, they kind of knew there was going to be a little bit of a break in there, but maybe they're saying that uh, in hindsight. I don't know. I blame Asmodee. I always blame Asmodee. Do you have a do you have a poster that says "Blame Asmodee" in your right. house? When when in doubt, big corporation bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Very cool. Uh, let's let's check in with what is going on with this past round. So today we're talking about season fourteen, round three. And season fourteen is our no more Avengers round. So all of us have had to choose a faction from among the other factions that are in the game and not include Avengers in any of our decks. And so we were playing up against uh, Absorbing Man with Power Drain on standard difficulty because of the very difficult round one. The point was that what normally would be round one difficulty got swapped into round three. So we're playing difficulty standard with a very easy villain and a, you know, not especially difficult modular either um our hero choices were champions or web warriors factions were spider-man miles morales guardians were was gamora x-men was shadow cat choose any of your aspects including basic and then there's additional deck building constraints as i said no avengers trait and then at least two cards with 
or requiring your faction trait, and at least one card with one of the other faction traits. So that's lots of stuff going on this round. Yeah. Funny um, about that last uh, one other faction trait, I was like literally in my games, and I went back and I noticed I'd missed that. Um, that requirement but but for some reason i just threw ironheart in at the last minute i'm like oh she's champion straight okay i'm fine <laughs> but i right. almost had a yes. you can't games. go wrong with that <laughs> i think i think that happened to a lot of folks too right they you know just kind of some of the default things you throw in there just happened to meet the requirements so that didn't really have to pay too much attention to yeah. it with basic allies, it's it's not hard at all to meet it, but it is, uh, yeah, it, 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 you can totally miss it in the fine print. Right. It, actually, you know, it would have been kind of a further thing that would have been neat, but obviously really complicated, is if the trait locking of some of the things wasn't present. Mm. Right? If, like, yep. for, the, for the off aspect stuff. Right. right. So everybody could play Ghost Spider or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so let's check in on these heroes. Um, so somebody want to just kind of quickly go through our Shadowcat, Miles, Gamora. Since since I'm the oldest one, I can do a quick Shadowcat cover <laughs> because Kitty Pride is the you know if your your generation is defined by who the Angelou X Men is of that era. So if you're 80s, it's Kitty. If you're 90s, it's Jubilee, and it just kind of rolls off from from there. <laughs> but uh, I love Kitty. She's uh, she's become a great character. And for those of you who read the comics, uh, read Marauders. It's it, it's one of the best uh, of the new X-Men books happening. And Kitty's a pirate. And so we all like pirate Kitty. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, what's cool about Kitty is that she obviously uh, she has this mechanic of the phasing and um, solid forms that you can have some control over how they get flipped. So basically, uh, if you're in phased form, you can take if you defend for an attack. You you basically take no damage, which is insanely powerful. Um, when you do that, you flip back to the solid side, and you have the ability to to stay in the solid side. And the solid side gets you one perk, which is it, it, you can tap it for a resource for an attack event. So when you're in player form, uh, and you can also decide when you attack if you want to flip back to phased. So you can kind of plan at your hand and, and on the very last attack, decide to flip back into phase so you're ready to be in phase for, for defending on the, the, the villain turn. Um, so just that, that ability to get a resource for an attack event and also defend with taking no damage is insane. You know, it just, it just gives you so much control over the game. Um, and then, yeah, there, there's other stuff. I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on other cards in her, or her kit, but that's kind of like the key, the, one of the main hooks of, of, of Shadowcat. Well, and something that's interesting, and we'll talk about this more later, is but you know that you're you're very incentivized to block with her because it's very easy to take no damage. But then, of course, unless it's through some sort of protection event, you you're then exhausted, and you know, thwart is pretty precious, especially when you're stuck playing aggression, uh, which I I was. So the you you kind of really do play her different by aspect by quite a bit, I think. Yeah, ex yeah. I pl I played her justice for that exact reason because when I tried aggression, the threat was not being control controlled at all. So yeah, because I couldn't use her activation for threat, I I had to load up on you know thwarting hero, thwarting allies, and some other aspect cards that that get you there. 
actually did find myself using um, ally defense a lot for that reason if I didn't have a quick shift in hand. Right. Right. I, I had a good number of cheap allies, so I didn't feel like that sad about it. But you're right. You do, if you're aggression, you would like to basic thwart in general, because not a lot of aggression allies have two thwart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were, I think, five cards in the deck, in the encounter deck, that attacked a second time. So having allies just on hand anyway, even if you were defending every turn, you needed to just, you know, because one one non-defended attack can really uh, put, push Kitty in the need to heal and flip to Alter Ego. Right, sure, she only has nine health. Yeah. Um, and then Miles... Status token generator, like nobody's business. What and great stat line. I mean, he's he's just pretty pretty effective. So anything that is anything you're fighting that doesn't have stalwart or or steady is you you can pretty much just control. Yeah, and he has temporary free alter ego access. It's double life. It's nutty. Yeah, I feel like go yeah, back last pretty... season. I think we did a whole miles episode uh, where we went into him. But yeah, he's insane. Yeah, yeah, he just he's constantly controlling the board with confuses and stuns and the toughs. It's crazy. And I mean, honestly, he is even still pretty effective and efficient when your status cards do get shut down because he just he does have decent access to damage and other stuff on top of that. But um, I mean, that's really his bread and butter still. And then Gamora, who's an event based hero um, where you get to play some off aspect attack and thwart events and we'll actually see some neat builds that come out of that. Um, But kind of a much like Shadowcat, uh, a hero that you would typically not put a ton of allies in. Yeah. Because you're, re- you're really trying to focus on those events, typically. Yeah, you want to use her hero ability. You want to get the... You have a good amount of defense from cross-counter anyway. Yeah, one... Yeah, and I think there's two of those, right? No, sorry, Greg. No, no, and, and Gamora's always such a good solo hero just because she is so balanced and, you know, you could lean into to aggression to try to, you know, because Absorbing Man does not have that much health. So, so you know, if you, you, you would just have enough thwarts in your kit to basically keep keep that okay, uh, keep threat at bay. And then, yeah, you could really, really rush, I think, quickly with Gamora. I'm not quite sure what the results showed, but uh, that was my instinct if I had access well. to her. We'll we'll see that your intuition is uh, is correct. Um, Greg, do you want to do you maybe want to tell us a little bit about absorbing man? Sure, sure. Uh, absorbing man, or as we call him around the clubhouse, Zorby. Uh, he, he's he's wow. He's a good friend of mine. I, I know his father. Uh, he, he's the second villain in Rise of the Red Skull, and and one thing is that he he's kind of known for being one of the easier uh, villains in the set. It's it's interesting. I went to Board Game Geek has a has a an area where people can upload their plays, and someone collects all the stats of win rates and win rates by villain and hero and and modular set. And there's definitely a, like a tier of kind of eighty percent plus uh, win rate encounters, and basically it's rounds two through four of this season. <laughs> it's it's risky business, Zori <laughs> Man, Wrecking Crew are kind of all in there. Uh, I know. Uh, Wrecking Crew uh, is on Expert and uh, Risky Business was Standard too, so a little harder, but still. Like uh, we're after after uh, Joss uh, slapped us around the the ballroom, 
uh, we're <laughs> Innsmouth Bear has taken it easy on us for for three rounds, and I, I'm worried about round five as a result. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, what Absorbing Man does is he um, his stats aren't too tough. He he has a, a two attack and and one scheme in round one, two scheme in round two. He has 29 hit points across the two forms in general, so not not a lot. Um, but his his big two uh, things he plays with are um, absorbing the whatever environment card is in play. So there's one of four types of environments, wood, ice, stone, or metal. And they basically each buff um, undefended attacks. So basically, if you don't defend on, it, on an attack, it either adds damage or threats or healing or it, it makes you discard a resource. Um, and so, you know, if you're always planning on defending, obviously we just talked a lot about Shadow Cat, where she's kind of defending a lot. These really didn't come into a ton of play, uh, but you just have to watch it in yep. case, again, there's a card that, that attacks twice and you're not prepared for it with an ally or something like that. Um, and the other piece that he does is he... Uh, oh, and the other thing about these environments is uh, other cards in his kit sort of add a buff if, if the right kind of environment's in, in play. So, you know, if ice is in play, a certain card may give, you know, extra damage or extra thwart or something like that or extra scheme. Um, the other thing he has is these delay counters, and this ties to the, the whole the campaign mode of Absorbing Man, where yeah. he's trying to delay you from uh, from chasing down uh, whatever whatever the Avengers are trying to do in that one, um, and and that that triggers a few cards. Basically, once you hit a threshold of five delay counters, so basically five rounds, a few of the cards get buffed a little bit, but it's you know not awful. Um, again, those are, are sort of nominal impact, but they don't make a huge, uh, you don't have to have to really plan around them in a huge way. Um, and there's also the other interesting thing is there's no minions in his kit at all. Like we only had one minion with, uh, the power drain modular, uh, with electro. So, so all those great aggression cards that, that, uh, you know, <laughs> control threat with killing minions and all those things, they were pretty much off the table for you because there's no real minions to deal with. Right, and you don't really his... want to summon Electro either. Right. No, <laughs> no, but the it's, so this one's interesting. I think you know, obviously, th where the designers are at now. If they redid Absorbing Man, it would definitely he would definitely look different. You know, I think if you compare him to something more recent, I think his Encounter deck is about I don't know, kind of similar to let's say Mysterio's Encounter deck in terms of the how scary the individual things are but mysterio has you know an additional layer of mechanisms that sit on top of it that make everything harder as well it like, feels like absorbing man needs you know if they wanted to stick with a similar encounter deck would need a whole other layer of stuff kind of sitting on top to make things more challenging yeah and even spying on if, if we were playing this on expert it doesn't make a huge difference he he basically gets an additional attack and then he gets he gets a little bit of a buff depending on what the uh, the environment is. But again, it's it's not it's not awful. Uh, even expert absorbing man is pretty doable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no minions. So this was you know people who were choosing aggression and stuff like that didn't didn't get a benefit from kind of some of the things that play off the minions. Yeah, one thing I I thought was weird. I I didn't remember this about this scenario, but I felt like, and you two can chime in if you felt the same. I felt like I was getting at least a status like every turn or every other turn. I was like, what the heck is going on? When did Absorbing Man get all these statuses? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the one, like, yeah, the one 
little secret thing that was the most annoying was if you know when he when he flips over there's a side scheme called what super absorbing power that basically gives him all four traits yeah. at the same time and it's pretty easy to clear but if you don't clear it there's omnimorph duplication <laughs> That basically gives you something bad if one of those, uh, you know, forever one trait is in there. But if if those are on the table at the same time, (laughs) you get basically hit with all four things off of Omnimorph duplication, which, you know, is like exhausting. You get to tough. (laughs) You discard a card. You know, like you just get hammered if if, if you don't clear that super absorbing power uh, scheme out pretty quickly. Right. And I... I take this as a reminder for why it's worthwhile to do a little bit of homework on your round, whether it's practice a bunch of games or just really take some time studying the deck to get the ebbs and flows of it down a little bit. Because, right, that it's timing that advancing him to his stage two is a thing you want to consider because of that. Definitely. Um, How about the power drain modular? Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, I don't use it that often, but it is kind of fun. You want to challenge yourself with counter deck discarding. So you can see an acceleration token pretty early in a game. I think I even saw one in one of my games, which is pretty surprising for a game that fast. Um, If it's a... A lot of these are boost cards, where if they're a boost, you just discard three cards out of the counter deck, or they're your encounter card, you might take damage or discard resources. Um, and it contains, as mentioned, the only minion in this scenario. He can either be summoned by a card called Electromagnetic Pulse, or he can come out on his own. And um, he's a two-scheme, two-attack, six-health minion. He's a criminal. And after he attacks you, you discard one card from the encounter deck and take extra indirect damage for each boost icon discarded this way. So he is uh, he's a pain if he actually sticks around and actually gets to attack you. And you're taking damage similar to it's kind of like a not as harsh villainous right yeah because you could you could throw it to a to an ally if you, if you had some room in one of theirs yeah exactly well i like i mean i i quite like this modular i think i think it's nice to know when you're looking at a villain and you're thinking to yourself you know is there wood making going through the encounter deck faster be punishing something like sandman or something like that is that kind of another way to change the difficulty of a scenario yeah because some encounters like ronin and i say this because we had this modular with ronin one time you can actually discard his universal weapon which is amazing you love to see it if that does happen but other times it's just like, oh, I have an acceleration token now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even you know, even the known information that discarding the stuff creates, right? You know, whether you know having a card like the universal weapon hit the discard is really good because that that thing gets pulled out by boost effects as well. But even just knowing that you have both your advances in the discard or or whatever is can be really really helpful. So. In in some ways, this this can actually make it easier, but there are some scenarios where it actually makes it harder. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact: uh, in that BGG spreadsheet that I referred to earlier, I think Absorbing Man as as a whole is eighty percent win rate, but with Power Drain, he's eighty two percent. 
So he's actually slightly easier just because right. of the boost effects are pretty, pretty right. tame. Um, yeah. And outside of Electro itself, himself, it's uh, it's not awful. But his normal modular has maybe has some minions in it. I don't remember what it is. I think it's Hydra Patrol in there. Right, right. Makes sense. Um, so, well, let's check in about our rounds. Gondo. Well, we all played the same hero, but Gondo, what, what was your experience? <laughs> um, I played Shadowcat Aggression. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I said aggression, not protection. Which uh-huh. is unique for me. I just felt like I saw folks talking about three and four round wins. I'm like, I'm going to try to run with the speedsters this time. And I didn't think green was going to get me there. Um, and I was, I was apparently so under the three and four round spell that I didn't think my six, five, and seven round wins were good enough. So I didn't actually write down my deck, which is fairly unusual for me. Um, but I have a good memory, so I was able to replicate most of it. I'm not sure if Bug actually existed in my deck or not. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I was getting status all the time. But I guess it was okay. So other people would have had the same experience. Um, I had a. It was generally pretty smooth games, aside from game three, where I had like a turn one shadows, and like three or four turns later, I got the obligation. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm just slogging through <laughs> all of uh, Shadowcat's nemesis and obligation nonsense, and got through it in seven rounds, but it felt long. Yeah, her, her obligation is punishing, right? It, may, it basically neuters you to only be able to thwart, and you can't you can't even play attack events, right? Or you know, you're pretty much only thwarting unless you flip to alter ego and figure that out. So, um, yeah. Fortunately, a safe round to yeah. Play. It's only, yeah. He has 12, 12 threshold of thwart, which is pretty pretty liberal. So yeah, that that is helpful. Uh, also, it it is you know interesting to observe that we're going to see that everybody's complaints about things that slowed us down were never the actual encounter. <laughs> right, right? right. It was always you know shadows or the obligation or whatever. Yeah, that, that's one thing I think how they balance Kitty because she's super powerful, but both her obligation and the Emma Frost uh, nemesis is, uh, is is really bad. I got them both at the same time. So basically I was confused and <laughs> could only thwart. So basically I couldn't, I couldn't do anything until I got that obligation away. Well, tell us more, Greg. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was having so much trouble. I, I started with aggression. I was having so much trouble getting clean, uh, you know, thwart, uh, you know, uh, results. So I, I, I punted um, to Justice and uh, Arimatheus slash Late Night Gaming uh, on our Discord posted uh, a, a pretty cool deck in Justice where basically the idea was to just to keep the scheme totally free of threats and that uh, fuels uh, cards like Pivotal, Pivotal Moment, which basically gives you uh, five damage for two cost, which is something you're obviously damage is something you're you're hurting for injustice. So uh, that was a cool synergy that I played with. I, I tweaked the deck to to add more allies and do some other things I tend to do. Um, he also put Venom in there, which also uh, is more powerful, has less consequential damage if there's no threat. But for some reason, I could never get Venom into play, even though I put him in in my deck. Um, that's the that's specifically the Justice. Yes, Venom sorry. Ally. Yes, not the not the uh, the basic one, but yeah, the Justice Ally. It, it, it's it's a beefy beefy. Uh, I think a two two uh, stat line, but two two up. 
three, oh, three gosh, attack. Yeah. See, I was an idiot for not playing him. But I, I, he always came at the worst time, you know, when I when I wanted to spend things on spend cards on other things. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I was slower than both of y'all. I I was seven rounds when I didn't get obligations and shadows, and nine rounds when I when I did. So slower, but that's you know, yeah, I'm uh, I'm recovering from an accident, guys. I'm 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 not I'm not really gonna like go try hard too hard this season. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I I was like Gondo. I played aggression, which is also. I don't know, definitely a tier two aspect in terms of how often I'll I'll pick it. And uh, my first and third games were pretty straightforward, just kind of quick four-turn victories. Everything went more or less according to plan other than, you know, getting like Gondo stunned a couple times. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think the tricky part, as I mentioned before, is you are relying on your activations for threat removal. So you can definitely find yourselves in situations where you get yourself behind on threat and then have to figure out how to clean it up. And so I, I unfortunately made a very dumb decision in my second game and absorbing man was at four HP and I pinged him down to three with an ally and then really regretted it. Cause on the next round I had to clear some threat and I needed the activation to help me get rid of some threat, but I couldn't get the activation cause that's what shadow cat surprise without actually defeating defeating him and then the game went you know another round and then i pulled shadows of the past and so on and so forth and so i went i went from just having a little more threat than i was comfortable leaving to many 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 rounds so sad 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 um and then when i submitted i accidentally submitted 12 villain health instead of additionally to my 12 hero health when it was supposed to be zero. So my, my, my represented score is, is even extra oh. worse. It's not but that's all right. That for you. I, I think you're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 okay. it's fixed, but not advertised. <laughs> um, but it was, it was one of those ones that when I saw my score, I was like, Oh wow, it really did go bad. And then, and then I thought about it, my numbers a bit and went and looked at the, the emailed results spreadsheet thing. Um, when when you submit, I was like, "Oh, that's what I did." Okay, it was not quite as bad right. as I thought. So, so you mentioned both both of you that you were saving Kitty's activation for threat. So, did you defend with yeah. her, or like, how, how did you deal with with the uh, with the villain attacks? Allies, okay, yeah, There's a lot of cheating. Um, allies, quick shift. Sometimes I'd basically defend if I felt like that was the best option. Um, I don't remember all the scenarios I had, but I'd say probably 50% allies. However often quick shift was up and then the rest would be basic <laughs> yeah. defense. Right. So you, you have two you have two of those quick shifts in in the deck, and it's the one that if you're in the solid form, you flip over to phased form, which is where then if you defend you don't take any damage at all. Um, and then if you're already in phased form and you play it, it counts as defending, and then you get to draw two cards. So that's really the the magical space to be. Yeah, definitely. You, you Which, try to that in phased so you can get a little bit of a card advantage. And in general, you're already trying to finish off in phased with her anyway, because you want to set up the, if you do have to defend, to not have to take any damage. For sure. Um... Okay, well, let's have a look at the overall results. So we we had 
44% Shadow Cat, so that means 44% took X-Men as their faction. Um, Spider-Man was split between the Champions and the Web Warriors folks, and that was 46, so the more popular hero, but that was because of the faction locks. And then Gomorrah means 10% means 10% of the people actually took Guardians as their faction. The things where people actually at this point in the season had some choice was their aspect. So 47% aggression, 20% protection, 17% justice, and 10% leadership, and 6% basic. Uh, anything, Jeff, out at anybody for those numbers? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense given Rush was so viable that aggression was so high. Uh, it's also really funny, back to the faction, that you know, the Guardians have been around for so long that uh, the ten percent people are, <laughs> I think, just like only only the folks who haven't built out their collection, I think, may have picked picked uh, uh, the the Guardians just because we've been playing with them for for, for such a long time. And X Men is 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 the new the new fun shiny thing that really attracted most people. I find it somewhat amusing that leadership is the least picked real aspect, not. Not including basic, which is always yeah, yeah. last. But you look at the heroes, and none of them really want to do leadership so much. So it kind of makes sense, but it's just kind of amusing that such a powerful aspect was chosen often. Right. right. Agreed. I mean, I think the of the things leadership works the best with guardians of the factions, but um, that's when you're leaning into allies, and then of course Kamora doesn't really try to lead into allies. And yet, leadership looked like it did the best. <laughs> we'll get to it a bit. Sure. So yeah, maybe we're the suckers. Sure. And <clears throat> well, but then you never know if it's kind of the people who are wise were the ones that made the choice anyway. Right. 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 Yeah. Self-selection bias. Um, I don't know. I so uh, you know, Greg, you you played justice. I played a bunch of practice rounds of justice and aggression. That's kind of what I focused on, and I did find. Maybe it was because I was trying to play Justice like I how I normally play Justice. I just found it was tricky to be able to hit my turn the tides because, um, which is a thing when I'm playing Justice, I almost yep. always include unless I'm doing a shield build. But be, again, because you're often saving those activations so that you can thwart, if you're using them for other things, like for you, for example, when you were playing, you might not have been trying to save them for thwarting, then actually triggering turn the tide was tricky. Yeah, and I, I was basically using cheap thwart events to try to do that. You know, your your clear the areas kind of thing. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I was I was I was defending almost every turn with Kitty. So uh, I I my allies were kind of only there to buff for a second attack if they if it came. Because occasionally in practice games, I would get a you know like a a gang up or something would would show up and and really uh, knock my health down to like two or three, which was a little too scary. So. Yeah, my, the, the the plan I was trying to do is is yeah use use cheap thwart events to, to to trigger turn the tide when I can. But she also has a lot of damage in her base kit, so I wasn't feeling too starved of damage just from Kitty's you know main cards. Uh, and, and then pivotal moment right. again, as long as I was keeping that thwart pretty low, that was a really nice you know five damage for two cost is pretty great. Mm hmm. But no venom ally, you know. His time was never. His time didn't come. <laughs> you know, Venom's pretty popular. I think he's doing okay. Oh, he's doing okay. Well, not that Venom. No. Oh, that's right. That's right. This is Flash Thompson, right? This is we're getting into weeds here, but yep. 
I want my Venom uh, to be with glow sticks um, so on the, at a party, feeling himself in a rave. That's yes. my Venom. Um, and really fun to do impersonations of after <laughs> the right. action movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, it, mine, mine really decay after, you know, pretty quickly, but right after I've watched it, I'm on. Right. Not since Sling Blade. Nobody wants <laughs> to talk to me. America watched Sling Blade. That's yeah, a that's right. cut for, for the young, you, you youngins out there. But that was uh, a yeah. very, very often memed. Yeah. And Bor- Borat, probably. Maybe Borat's the, yes. the, the more recent example. That's um, So the heroes, in terms of performance, were all actually quite similar. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales had a 99% win rate and 1056 approval rating. Gamora had a 95% win rate and a 105 approval rating, and then Shadowcat had a 99% win rate and 104.1 approval rating. So they all really kind of performed quite similarly, sorry. Gamora was the fastest at 4.5, which is not a surprise as to what we were discussing, and then Shadowcat being the slowest at 6.1. Also not entirely a surprise. She has quite a bit of damage in her kit, um, but you know, Compared to these other two, no, not as much. Yeah, Spider-Man and Gamora definitely have a lot of damage available to them. Yeah, Shadowcat's pretty good at pumping out damage, but just not compared to the people she was competing against this round. Yeah, I mean, we, we were really given. And I, these were also the heroes that the, the the Patreon folks I think voted on, and I think the the, the Patreon Correct. folks were were quite kind to everyone because we gave everyone some pretty pretty strong heroes. There wasn't a you know, there, uh, I don't have I don't have good examples for weakers in these, but you know, I was going to use Valkyrie, who's an Avenger, but yeah, we were we were shooting people, right? Well, Dra- Drax was yeah. Drax was one of the choices for for Guardians, right. for example. Although for rushing, Drax could be amazing. Which, like, I was going to say, this round might yeah. not have actually been so bad. Yeah, Absorg Man has a low attack stat too, so he wouldn't be hurt so much by. Extra attacks coming its way. And then the aspects, uh, leadership, as as discussed already, uh, did the best and protection did the worst. The, um, but, you know, honestly, none of these looked too, too radically different. If you actually look at the raw stats, not the kind of approval rating, which is the, the complicated thing that tries to correct for for some some things to make things fair across the board i would say basic actually looks like it did the best overall if we're just looking at its overall performance so 5.4 turns 100 villain score 99 scheme score 109 hero score kind of it won every single category it was in other than it wasn't quite as fast as leadership yeah and those were probably all Web Warrior builds, my gut is, or at least very, very frequently. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was probably it was, all Miles. Yeah. It was all Miles. It was. Um, at least, sorry, it was all Miles in terms of the ones who performed well. So I think it was all Miles because I would have had to collect the basics right. from other things. You so can I think do a Gamora Guardians basic build. There's some good cards for her there, but it's not quite as overpowered as the Web Warriors. Yeah. No, and it's just not as synergistic with her. Right, right. Anyway. Yeah, you lose all those. Uh, attack thwart options. Yeah, um, like Spider-Man who literally doesn't need aspect cards to do anything he wants. So, yeah, you you just want things that help you go through your deck a little quicker. 
Yeah, you have everything you need in your kit. You really do. Um, all right, well, let's look at the decks that folks were using. So uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, uh, again, we have five aspects to go. And so we'll, we'll just kind of touch on some things, not, not go into too deep a detail on every, on every single thing. Um, and maybe we'll just kind of shout out, unless we want to draw attention to something else that somebody did, maybe we'll just shout out the top performer in each of the things. Uh, so it's not the most exhaustive list. So uh, with the number two overall skill score, so skill co score is the thing that is kind of what your approval rating is before the XP adjustments are made, uh, was Kakita Jamie in leadership with Spider-Man Miles Morales coming out of flight three. Um, something else that happened in leadership, because there were a couple interesting things to my mind that were actually in here, was uh, ND Leedy, uh, who got second with the, the leadership, had, um, sorry, I'm just clicking on that, had Mass Attack in their deck. So this is the one that's Exhaust Three Allies you control that share a trait with your hero. Now, of course, Miles has two relevant ally traits so it's way there's a lot of options to get something that shares a trait with your hero onto the board and then deal x damage to an enemy where x is the total attack of all those allies and your hero so pretty fun trying to do that and then extra bonus was that uh, nd lady had only three aspect cards so had two ma these two mass attacks and one triskelion to really be able to get all those allies down and then everything else was basic because both of um champions and web warriors have access to lots of good stuff in in basic i always feel like when people yeah mass, attack's yeah, mass cool. attack is great but i you know i really want people to go for the astrodar award like hard i want one card you know i just just <laughs> one just to show that you did it but everything else is basic. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't think anybody has won it with one yet, actually. Don't tempt me. <laughs> but well, wasn't there... I think there was a round where we decided that if you just did power of, it only counted for half. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. Power of a, of an aspect that you don't have in your, in your deck at all. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an honorary but, aspect but, but, card. But in the weird yeah. basic debate, too, you also could get more XP by doing that, just by putting that one useless card in there. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, or, you know, I mean, the the one place where you could actually imagine doing something like that is some is some sort of deck that really does feed off wild resources like Nova right. or, yep. or Domino. I mean, it's not really sensible, but... I'm just saying, there's a world you can argue for it. And then uh, third place in, in leadership, just again, because I, you know, seeing people who made some neat choices was GJ Scott, 35th of their name, coming out of flight three with, with 10 allies and go all out, which is the attack event where you exhaust your hero, deal damage to an enemy equal to the total of your hero's thwart, attack and defense values, which I think is, you know, it's neat when people try to lean into something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't think of Miles as a go all out hero. That's really cool. Um, and so then two morale boosts, which is the one that adds plus one to each of your stats when you when you flip. And then Miles is a two 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 hero, so that takes it from six to nine. And Patriot's also in there, an ally I almost never play myself, but 
Right. You can combo that with go all out so and get yes. another set of plus one, plus one, plus one on your basic powers. Well observed. Yes, very cool. So I think that I think that's pretty fun, and it's one of those things that you know because the miles cards are so powerful. I think there is an argument to sprinkle in some things that if you don't actually hit them, or it doesn't matter so much. But if you do hit them, it's a way to get some extra efficiency. That's kind of a different approach to to building somebody like Miles, but you know, so, something that's a little more challenging to set up, but if if it if it happens, it happens, right? Yeah. Um cool. Okay, so Justice, we saw Wayner 21st or their name coming out of flight three, getting uh the top spot with um kind of this a an ally heavy deck with one way or another, which is delightful to see, even though one way or another didn't have the best targets this yeah, round, but, right, but Greg? It was pretty um they were pretty easy to, to clear, right? You had super absorbing power. And honestly, like you could also pull that out right before you flip, you know, with one way or another and 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 yeah. then you'd get an extra encounter card, I think, if you did that, but you wouldn't have to deal with that scheme twice that way. It was, you know, potentially a good way to to fish for the right schemes. Right. And then the first sighting of Operative skill, which is a justice card coming with Gambit, which is an upgrade, two cost upgrade that has three counters on it. When you thwart, remove one operative counter from here. That thwart removes one additional threat. So this thing is, you know, great for all those things that trigger um, when you take the last threat off, or all those other things that just kind of help you adjust exactly how much you're you're hitting the thing so you know clear the area getting one extra one multitasking because you're you're doing it on two different things so that one extra gets counted on two different things making an entrance being able to get the thwart down to zero successfully if you can't i think i think some of these cards that add a little bit of extra flexibility in terms of how much reach the card you have has is are pretty neat um hard i find it hard to justify putting them in at this point but i i think i think they definitely have their place yeah especially if there's a lot of side schemes there are you know, not that many side schemes here so like something like multitasking is a little harder to to fire unless you unless you you're you're doing that one way or another you know uh you know precursor to to multitasking there there could be some synergies there but the thing i like about his deck is he has bishop in there which is I think for Justice, an insanely good ally because he thwarts for he he, he thwarts for two, um, <clears throat> and he has a health of three, so he can thwart twice for two. And then as he gets attacks, he gets these counters. So when he goes out, he can attack for six. So that's crazy good, right? And yeah, it this is definitely the type of scenario where you're rarely. Sometimes these ones that have these special conditions, you know, you need the you need those to attack to do a specific thing, and you don't have them available because you don't have the counters yet, or you know, something like yeah. that. That can always be really annoying. But but with with only one ally, um, the the chance that you're going to be in that situation yeah. is quite minimal. And then also neat within Justice is Fox Wolf coming out of the training grounds who got second in Justice with Miles, had a light shield package. So um, I have to pull it up real, look, real quick because I can't remember. Yep. Right, and Monica Chang. Um, and then, and also had a symbiote suit to kind of 
take advantage of the Peter Parker ally and the extra activations that you have. And then as we've discussed, extra encounter cards from Absorbing Man aren't especially scary. So this is definitely a good scenario to do things that give you extra encounter cards for other benefits. Yep. Um, aggression, my alliance mate Astrodar, who last week won his very first of the award named after himself, um, finished top tops in flight one with a, an aggression aggression build that had skilled strike and toe to toe and assess the situation to really just kind of go yeah. fast and hard. Toe to toe is such a good idea with Miles because you can just stun someone and then play it on top of it and just keep hurting him. And then get another stun. <laughs> yeah, get another stun. You've you've already got tough on right, you, right. all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then basic, we have a bunch of very familiar names. Uh, so Pack Attack CB coming out of Flight Three uh, declared that Venom Ally was their MVP. So again, um, something that is giving you an extra encounter card, but the Venom Ally is the one that he can do a bunch of extra damage to... Yeah, this is the basic Venom Ally as opposed to the... Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. Venom Ally. Yes. Um, which, I love the Justice one. I think the Venom one's neat. Uh, but I wouldn't declare love for him. And then Star-Lord has the off-tribal the off tribal ally, which is really fun. Again, encounter cards aren't so scary against Absorbing Man, so the Star-Lord ally giving you an extra encounter card when he comes out isn't so yeah. bad. Um, and then Protection... Um, your friend and mine, T. Eberly, 14th of their name, uh, got got top spot with with their with the protection build. Um, you know, just kind of web warrior protection, good stuff, really. I don't know, electrostatic arm. We got electrostatic armor and energy barrier and spider tingle, and then a whole bunch of great allies, really. Yeah, spider tingle is one of my favorite protection cards by far. I love it. Um, so for those it's don't... a weird um, non-hero card superpower too, which is pretty cool. Right. For for those who don't remember Spider Tangle, it's uh, an upgrade. It's a protection card. It's an upgrade. One cost. Interrupt. When you would reveal an encounter card, deal one damage to a web warrior character you control. If that card is a treachery, cancel its when revealed effects and discard Spider Tangle. And importantly, it's an upgrade. So it's a thing yeah. you can get down on the table and wait for the thing yeah, to hit. Yeah, it looks like you can get three on the table, too, yeah. so you can kind of build them up, too, if, if nothing bad is hitting so far. Right, and then is it is it Doctor Strange or Adam Warlock that has the the upgrade counterspell that sits on the table? That's Warlock. Um, that's but Warlock. It's, um, it's forced, so you have yes, to that's use what... it. Yeah, thank you. That was that was what I was coming around to. That that this this one is kind of in a way even more powerful than that one, right? Because you can you can actually yeah. choose which one you want to cancel. Especially with absorbing man's being kind of weak until you know gang up or shadows come out, then 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 you want to cancel those. And well, it's it's a wood reveal, so you, you have to say like, oh, if yeah. Like, if this is a treachery, I would like to cancel it. Right. You have to pay the, the cost of dealing one damage to a web warrior. The other interesting thing about this one is that um, it's not it's not explicitly trait-locked. Um, you can't use it without a web warrior. You can't activate it without a web warrior, but you can get them on the table. 
before you get any of your web warriors. Right. Out. And so you have to you have to add the damage before oh, okay. and, and maybe an attachment or maybe a side scheme or something. So you, you basically are gambling ahead of time, right? Yeah. You have to know something. All right, I take it back. It's less it's less cool. It's still pretty cool though. Uh, um well yeah, so I was just saying kind of in some ways you 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 it's more powerful than Adam Warlocks, but in other ways obviously yeah. it's more restrictive. Um flipping over to Gamora, we saw in leadership uh Kadavak Kadavak Kadavaka, I don't know. There's a lot of A's. Hard to pronounce for <laughs> thank you. I'll take it. Um got first in leadership. We don't we didn't get the deck there. In justice, we had uh, Jarrett who um had uh, kind of tied with UNC Dave for the highest skill score this round, but because of the the XP adjustments, it was number four within in flight one. And uh, you know, clear the area one way or another, return the favor, which is which is a neat one. So for those this is an attack card but um from protection, but it's um discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until you discard a treachery, reveal that treachery, deal five damage to the to the villain. So just the idea that the treacheries in this deck are not all that scary as a way to yeah, to really stick it to absorbing yeah, man. That's cool. I don't know that right, I'm brave right. enough to play that card, but yeah, not in Rome. Way to go, Jared. This one is pretty good. I mean, I'd um, probably do it if I had a stun and a tough, and it was the last five damage I needed to win. <laughs> right. Well, but but I mean, the thing that's you know with Gamora, she doesn't have. She does have access to some status effects, but not like Miles. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then I think just other interesting builds, uh, Zero Sade, um, who came in second with Justice, had no off-aspect cards. So used Justice, used Gamora, but didn't actually bring in any of the, because you're allowed to bring in up to six cards for outside of your aspect with attacks and, and thwarts, and just decided to say, ah, now the Justice ones are exactly what I want. Which is is neat, and then so and then there's this other interesting thing is that if you did Gamora basic, you could have up to six right. aspect cards, right? I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> well, by by definition, I think it's correct. Um, although which aspect are your off aspect cards? Uh, but again, you would get punished because basic generally has a tax to play basic because of, <laughs> because of the weird weird history we have with this basic rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then coming uh, with aggression is Doctor Dubios, who um, kind of you know played three pivotal moments and and turned the tide. So these are kind of doing some of the similar things you were doing, Greg, with with getting damage. Um, but it was a it was an aggression deck, and then those three pivotal moments. So taking the damage dealers out of out of justice as the off aspect cards. Yeah. And that was that that was the Gamora representation. 
Shadow Cat again was you know almost half the league. Just looks like just one person took leadership, or one person who did well took leadership. So uh, Alan Bodor, um, coming out of Flight Four, got the top leadership spot. Justice uh, Amerithus, uh, who Greg was already discussing already, got the top score out of Justice. Greg, I, mean, I can got third. I can, I can net deck like the best of them. Uh... That's true. Still have to play the damn thing. Uh, and I did it with uh <laughs> with with a broken knee, uh playing playing on octagon uh in a in a lounge chair. So I was I was gonna ask you what you what have you been well, spending your time doing? It's, yeah, I the, the I didn't have access to my actual physical cards till literally today because today is the first day I actually been able to brave the upstairs of my house um because because of <laughs> doing stairs. But yeah, I've normally just been uh uh, luckily, my PlayStation is downstairs, so the sort of the the quote unquote dream of being on medical leave is like, oh, I'll just play PlayStation all day, watch a bunch of TV. It's like, yeah, you do that, but then you also go crazy because that's not <laughs> over a while. You want to do something else. Um, but uh, Champions has been has been helpful. I've already played my uh, my uh, whatever next round is. Uh, I forget. Uh, uh, Wrecking Crew. I've already played my Wrecking Crew rounds, and yeah, Wrecking just crew. playing them on a computer with uh, Octagon has been. Very, very helpful. So uh, it is a nice distraction to have the league while I'm trying to recover from this uh, this thing. I don't know if people you know may have heard on, on prior podcasts, but uh, but if you're a pedestrian, don't get into a conflict with a car because cars are hard and they move quickly <laughs> and pedestrians are very soft and they break. So, <laughs> so don't get yourself into what I got into, which is a situation where a car hits you. That's bad. Don't do that. Well, oh, I appreciate. Greg. By the way, I appreciate everyone said super nice things. On this is a wonderful community, as we've always said. That's one of the reason I love it so much is people are very nice and supportive, and I've gotten a lot of wonderful um, notes and things. And yeah, thank you everyone for uh, for all the kind words. Very helpful. And what are you um, playing on PlayStation? Ironically, I just got done playing Marvel Midnight Suns, so I've now I've been playing three separate Marvel card right. games between Champions, Marvel Snap, and Midnight Suns. I finished the story mode, so I'm going to take a break before I do DLC. But uh, playing Horizon Zero Dawn right now, uh, and uh, I'm actually there's a Lord of the Rings uh, LCG app on PlayStation that I just discovered. So I'm just starting to learn how yes. to play Lord of the Rings on the uh, digital version. So that's kind of fun. I love it. Um, yes, okay, sorry, that was Justice Shadowcat. Uh, no, no, uh, Aggression Shadowcat. We UNC Dave, who tied with Jarrett for number one overall skill score um, with an Aggression deck. And this was, there. you know, there's eight, eight allies and then two Team Strikes in the deck. And so Team Strike is an event which is trait lock to X-Men, uh, exhaust your hero and any number of X-Men allies, deal X damage among enemies in play, where X is the total attack of the characters you exhausted this way. So it's kind of like the aggression version of mass attack. Not exactly the same, but you know, similar type of thing. And then uh, in, in a choice that um, Gondo and I were thinking was a bit bizarre and so way to go unc dave and being successful with this was uh choosing out of my way which is a two cost event that does three damage or five damage if the enemy has the guard or patrol keyword gondo 
Yeah, especially with um, no guard or patrol minions that had more than three health. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on here? But evidently, some people are better than me. So uh, congratulations. We didn't talk about this, but like one of Kitty's powers is she can ignore guard and patrol, and it was, just felt very cruel. But <laughs> unless you got shadows of the past, guards and patrols just didn't exist in this encounter at all. Right. Um, yeah, but, it, but you're doing something right. Yeah. That's a really good result. I'm just so confused by this, but right. it's apparently well, above, it's above my pay grade. And <laughs> and well, the discussion is, you know, is is piercing strike, um, kind of just for this specific scenario. Is it actually better? Because I think he does have access to tough, right? Yes. And there was no piercing strike in the deck. So, yeah, it's still wait. a physical resource, still three damage, still costs two. Yeah, uh, wait, wait out of my way has, has Banshee. Exactly. Uh, and Banshee's got a beard, so it's still pretty cool. Right. If you ask me, I like Banshee. Well, he has a sort of beard. He has like the safari <laughs> Right, it's like thing. whole head beard. What, it's the one where you have nothing on your actual chin, but you have all the rest of the stuff going on? Uh, yeah. It's just some it's pretty like, outrageous sideburns. Well, it's like sideburns that goes right, into yeah, a mustache. mustache right, just goes uh, vertically across thing. and then up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gondo, number two. Yeah. Um, I kind of put this together at the last minute. It's like, I'm going to have a lot of allies who are going to thwart for me because I don't want to thwart myself. None of that happened. But Braun was awesome because he was thwarting yes. while attacking. Agreed. Very good ally. Very much liked his presence in my deck. Um, but my events are dropkick and surprise attack. Then I just yeah. try to throw in more fist resources. They feed them. And also Yarnbjorn. So throw Did fist you... resources at things. Yeah, yeah. Did you get much use out of Yarnbjorn? Uh, some. Not as much as I'd hoped for, but also there were plenty of other things to do and it didn't feel that bad if it was in my hand because it was only one card and there were other cards mm -hmm, to play. Mm -hmm. It's one of those ones where it's just like the the scenario is just short enough that I I really pause on I, di I didn't include Yarn Bjorn, but you, you know, Dristin who got third and you and, and me kind of had pretty similar decks overall you know a few small differences but you know yeah, focusing I mean, on like, the drop. You get this free physical resource every round which feeds yeah. dropkick yeah. hits the kicker for surprise attack you you're heavily incentivized toward fist resources if you're going to include dropkick, so one might eventually be spare for Yarn Bjorn. And um, I, I was, I felt like this is an easy just just throw it in card because I was struggling to get to forty in this one. I'm like, I don't care about this card. I don't care about this <laughs> card. Eh, Yarn Bjorn, I got I got a physical resource every turn. Maybe that'll happen sometime, and it did. So <laughs> there you go. Right, and then because you do want those fist resources, doing something like assess the situation might not be the way to kind of force yourself. It would be really neat if there was some other things like assess the situation, but that maybe couldn't go in the same deck as assess the situation or something. Like other ways to pad pad decks up to 40. Yeah, I wasn't too... Excited about the mental resource. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I could claim that, but I also didn't think about a situation. It wasn't on my radar. Um, I was I was looking at red cards a lot here. Um, I wasn't going for the Astrodar award this time. Uh, ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I also didn't use this as a situation, but when I'm when I am struggling to get up to forty, I definitely am I'm looking for that. Uh, and then finally, there was no basic. Finally, protection um, top spot coming out of flight two was Yodaman, one thousand nine hundred and seventy first of their name, um, and and that is our our roundup of all the decks. I again with with so many different things, it's kind of hard to really wrap your head around everything and, and synthesize stuff. But I think there's a few things that I thought were really neat. We already mentioned uh Ndilidi getting the Astrodar Prememorial Award for fewest aspect cards in an aspect deck with three. We could, we could um, change that award to honorary. And uh, like, our we don't plan B award. Death. Is that what Prememorial means? Is that uh, what we're just <laughs> We could just honor yes. the man and not have to, like, yes. you know, have the clock tick. Well, uh, <laughs> no, it's good. I it's a good I kind of like pre-memorial. It's a good business. I'm a big fan of business. Um, and then plan B. So this is uh, our UNC Dave. So the plan B award for the most surprisingly effective deck was UNC Dave's having uh, Haymaker, where we were surprised as uh or sorry not having haymaker having out of my way where there's some other cards that that might to our mind have made more sense but unc dave showed showed us all wrong anyway um i don't know anything else that jumped out of the decks that we should give any awards to i do i do appreciate the use of return the favor by some um that's a cool one for this kind of uh, easier scenario where there's where the cost of revealing a treachery isn't as costly as it might be in most scenarios. Yeah, that is yeah. A, that's an that's a whole space I didn't even think about. It's a, it's a cool idea. Yeah, really, really looking at how difficult the deck is and and thinking about how you can take advantage of that it is is pretty fun. Um, well. Folks, uh, I mean, I guess we'll. The last thing we didn't really mention how fast people were going, but we did definitely have a bunch of people that had, you know, perfect scores with four turn averages. So folks that were able to either get four get four turns every game or get a three, four, five or something like that. I, I don't know if anybody got a two. So there's probably three, four, fives or or just fours across the board. Yeah, two seems a little bit tough with this. Um, you got 29 health to go through at least. Six threat. Yeah, that's that seems tough for two turns, but I'd be interested to know if it actually did happen. Right, without Wolverine as an option, it seems to it seems tricky. Uh, well, we've got Wolverine as one of our available heroes right. this and, round, and I don't know if if, if so folks we'll see what's know going on. want to reveal, but the three of us are actually right in the middle of a uh mutant genesis campaign we have taken taken a hiatus on because of my injury oh, but yeah. we we we've been through four of the five areas and uh it's yeah it's wolverine uh cyclops and phoenix are our heroes so we're having fun playing with that um but i'm not picking wolverine for next round i'm picking gambit gambit's insane especially with multiple villains on the on on the board uh he's crazy I, I still have yet to play Gambit, so I, I have to really dig into this this round. Yeah, I'm definitely going either Gambit or Wolverine, um, depending on what my alliance mate might want to pick. I'd be right. happy with either yeah. of them, probably. Neither are too tricky um, to pilot, uh, and neither are... Uh, I, I, was, I wasn't feeling ever really worried about losing, but I did... Uh, 
yeah, the, the I think it was I was they were fairly slow with Wolverine just because there's just so many villains to get through. Um, but yeah, Gambit Gambit can multitask. I tell you. So you can in this in this scenario you can get run over by bulldozer if you get a bunch of attacks in a row because yeah exactly so yeah a lot of it is well you know and you'll talk about this next episode but yeah managing the thwart on scheme so that the people you don't want to attack are the ones kind of (laughs) who wouldn't trigger as either highest or lowest threat right so that this one is kind of about lining up the stuff to actually get get it done as quickly as you can making the good decisions that set you up to getting it done as quickly as you can because you it's in general fairly easy to make it through this one, even on experts successfully. Um, but you can make a lot of decisions that can really change how quickly you can do it with the same basic deck. Yeah, that's for sure. I I, I think uh, God. Yeah, and this is definitely yeah. And this Wrecking Crew is definitely a scenario you can actually kind of build in for SCL, which is unusual. Yes. Um, because there's so much villain health to get through, you'll have a good opportunity to pay off whatever investment you make. Yes. Fully agreed. Yeah. Well, and right, we're right. on aggression, and right? There's cards like one by one in melee that give more efficiency because you can hit multiple villains. And so since you all pretty much always have multiple villains out, those are really good cards this time. And that's why Gambit is particularly good because you can buff each of those attacks. And that's why Nova players are going to be eating good. No, they're mm-hmm. just going to dive bomb all right, of so those. Yeah, the techniques are going to come out this round, I think. Right. I the, whole, and yeah. the whole technique dive bomb Novas. Um, the last time we played Wrecking Crew, I feel, was just after Hone Technique came out. Does that sound about right to everybody? Uh, yes, I, I looked at it earlier because I was curious, and that was a uh, unreasonably strong showing by Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> right that's yeah that's really funny you can't get shadows um you can yeah. dive bomb four villains by the way um, and, and, and i think last since the last time i was on we did a a full-on scientific ranking of the most fun heroes uh everyone up 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 uh through wolverine and storm and valkyrie uh 33rd like uh, <laughs> dead last <laughs> poor valkyrie even even lower than hulk enough in, uh, in fun factor so i, I feel bad for it. it was uh who was our bottom was, three again uh valkyrie was lowest hulk was second lowest and then groot was third lowest you know which i think you know we know that matthew noodles has right. some takes some exception for that that's just triggering for him the irony the the thing and and (laughs) ant-man wanted again as being most fun hero at the top and literally i was looking at the spreadsheet day by day and like some days it was uh ghost spider and some days it was spider woman and i was like oh good we're gonna get a different a different uh hero and then literally on the last day someone put their rankings up and i think had like ant-man high and the other two like lower (laughs) it was like oh god it's ant-man again (laughs) but it was literally like right Right. on the wire the last one that came in uh push push ant-man up as our most fun hero he shall never be defeated Well, I mean, even yeah, that it's yeah. really There's close. There's definitely great to see. a lot of fun heroes. It was also really fun just to look at the spread. I, I don't know if I posted the spreadsheet. I probably should just to show where people's rankings are. And, and uh, you know, like th- there's some heroes that are, 
you know, like as high as one or two and as low as like 30th, you know, like they're, they're, so, so a lot of people just like different stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. The, the most consistent hero was, I think, Hulk and Val- Valkyrie at the bottom and Captain America at the top. Like Captain America was like never low. Uh, but he never, he wasn't in the top like five. He was ended up in like, I don't know where he was, but like everyone loves Cap. Everyone hates Valkyrie and Hulk. <laughs> That's pretty much the consensus. Right. Well, I can appreciate Hulk and that he doesn't cast any aspersions about his um, power level. He, he he just is what he is and does what it says on the tin. Whereas Valkyrie, like, I th- I think there's something that she's trying right. to be. That she you have just to like, doesn't. here, hold this spear before I punch you, and then it'll be better. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what that action is that she's trying to get people to do by holding the spear ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, if you lose on Hulk, it's like, oh man, well, the villain just did more damage to me before I could defeat him. Or, oh man, I don't have any thwarting ability, and the villain schemed up before right. I defeated right. the villain. Darn. I knew that was a possibility <laughs> going right, into yeah. the game. <laughs> Well, thank you to both thank of you. you, Greg, the recovering. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome back. Gondo, the repurposing. Yeah, happy to be back again. Maybe next time I'll play you a new aspect. <laughs> Don't threaten us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Okay, and thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us on the road to nowhere thank you oh thanks you too awesome as always no problem did you have someone bail because it felt like a sort of late reach out for us (laughs) no i just didn't do anything okay (laughs) no well i i was kind of